0: hello and welcome to keeping up appearances the luxury podcast if you hadn't guessed already this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of hyacinth bouquet in the hit bbc sitcom keeping up appearances my name's jonathan vernon smith and of course with me is william Hanson.
1: Hello, we're here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of Keeping Up Appearances and we want you to fall in love with it as much as we do.
0: So by now you should know how this podcast works, but here's just a little refresher for you just in case. In each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances delving deep into the world
1: of the bouquets. So which episode are we talking through today, William? We're talking through the second episode of the second series Driving Mrs Fortescue. A classic. Here's the synopsis, direct from producer-director Harold (music) Snowd. The elderly Mrs Fortescue telephones and asks Hyacinth whether she happens to be going into town and if she and Richard could give her a lift. Hyacinth regards Mrs Fortescue as very eminent and immediately agrees to assist, although Richard is none too keen. Having called and picked her up, they are driving into town when Richard happens to spot Daisy and Rose waiting for a bus and, much to Hyacinth's horror, stops and also gives them a lift. She is even more appalled when the three ladies, who are all squashed in the back of their car, seem to be getting on so well, to the extent that, when Daisy spots a pub up ahead, she suggests they all pop in for a drink. Hyacinth decides to wait outside in the pub's car park and, having discovered that Onslow also happens to be in the pub, sends Richard in to get them out as quickly as possible. However, time passes and they still haven't emerged. Hyacinth decides to have a look inside through one of the pub's windows, but this backfires on her and her social standing is in danger of being dealt quite a blow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the end of this episode is Vilarious. hilarious. But it starts, as ever, outside Wayne Elm, with a little bit of classical music in the background. Exactly, setting <laughs> the
0: musical theme. Hyacinth is so delighted by her new next-door
1: neighbour. She's loving Emmett's presence, although having had a very Emmett-heavy episode the episode before, Emmett is hardly in this. He's he's in it for a scene, but we we hear his fingers at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. And then Hyacinth tent has this sort of competition with the passerby as to whether it's Brahms or Mendelssohn, and obviously it turns out to be neither, and it's Chopin. Chopin.
0: Listen to that! He <laughs> <laughs> beautifully.
1: Yes, he does.
0: Brahms, I think. Mendelssohn, surely. Hmm?
1: <laughs> Just testing. <laughs> Do you like classical music? It's all right. What's who's your favourite composer?
0: Mm. Um, who wrote the Damn Busters theme? <laughs> Lord Haw <Hoar-Haw>? Haw. <laughs> no, no more. We'll have to pay for it. No, you don't have to pay for classical music. Oh right, okay, it's too you. old. Even the Busters. I don't know. No. Who wrote that? No, I like classical music, but I never know what it is. And it's one of those, you you know, if you ever tune into one of the classical stations and you hear a nice song, you think, I recognise that.
1: That's
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) I did go for a job at Classic FM once. Did you? Mm. Did you get it? No. (laughs) (laughs) They said, what's your favourite composer? I answered rather in the same way as I just (laughs) had.
1: I like the one that goes... Yes. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, well, I could see you on Classic FM in later life. Really? (laughs) When Moira Stewart's finished. Is she still on there? Yes, I believe so. The
0: news at 10 (laughs) o'clock, this is Moira Stewart.
1: (laughs) Uncanny. Um, (laughs) And... In the previous episode, we saw a scantily dressed Emmett, draped in a towel with a debauched expression on his face. Now we see a scantily dressed, Hyacinth's, wo- Hyacinth's words, Elizabeth, in that very long, very thick, heavy, b- blue house coat. She looks like a German soldier. <laughs> she does. And there is nothing scant about the... Outfit at all. No, but uh, Hyacinth's a bit concerned that she's appearing outside. Because there are so many degenerates around. Mm.
0: Do you think it's wise to appear outside scantily dressed, Elizabeth? Scantily dressed? This robe's like an army overcoat. It's just that with so many degenerates about, I thought I might just risk not finding one on my own doorstep. Oh, yes, I suppose you'd be all right.
1: In we then go to another bedroom scene with Daisy and Onslow. Onslow
0: and Daisy in bed. Again, another one of those Onslow and Daisy scenes where you think, oh,
1: what's all this about? This has got... There's not, it's not driving the plot in, no, in any way. It's a B plot. A bit pointless. And they're, they're discussing moustaches. And... Daisy thinks that a moustache crackles with sexual tension. Now, I'm not a big fan of a moustache. Have you ever toyed with... Have you ever had a moustache?
0: I can't grow facial hair because it's bright ginger. Oh, really? Yes. I look like Mick (laughs) Hucknall. Which doesn't match my hair.
1: No, because we should say, for for those that don't know what Jonathan looks like, let's describe him. Sixty. Overweight, <laughs> <laughs> and with, with an eye patch,
0: like Madonna. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's
1: no, very cruel. No, Jonathan's in his late twenties. <laughs>
0: No, but I don't have ginger hair. You don't. You have I, sort of st- strawberry blonde with. Bit of, oh, I wouldn't say quite a lot of grey.
1: Well, yeah, but the <laughs> I wouldn't say strawberry blonde. Sure, strawberry blonde is more of a
0: blonde. Don't look blonde. at my hair like that. You've got the same haircut as Princess Anne. You... <laughs> no position to critique my hair. It's
1: a lovely colour, blonde. It's it's a it's a, it's a yeah. It is, is it's it? a caramel blonde.
0: Car- caramel,
1: mousy yes. blonde, galaxy caramel blonde. Mm. That's what I would call it. It's nice. So yes. Anyway, so right, not the same colour as your moustache. So that, no. anyway, enough of moustaches and, and what's going on. on so, do
0: you remember Eddie the Eagle Edwards? I know then I wouldn't know what he looked like. Well, I'd look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards with a moustache.
1: Right. I will. I will find a photograph.
0: Do you remember when producer Ben had a moustache? <laughs> Do you remember that moustache?
1: Yes. I've had to have therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've just shown William a photo with the (laughs) eagle.
1: (laughs) Just just do that for me. (laughs) They did a film about him and he was played by Taron Egerton.
0: I think that's somewhat of a stretch. (laughs) If <laughs> that was Eddie the Eagle.
1: <laughs> well. Uh, anyway, that's why I don't have a moustache. No. I, OK, I can, I can see why. Back to Hyacinth's Hall, she's dusting her phone. Now, I really, really well, I have an internet phone, which is one of these ones that works over the broadband. It is a landline. Oh, how it, annoying. Well, it, it's very good. It's very good quality. I don't believe you.
0: Well, you, you know, because we we speak. I on, like an old fashioned landline. What's I, wrong with? Why does no one have an old fashioned landline? I do, well, anymore? it is a landline,
1: oh, but it's not. No, a, but it's through the internet. Why can't you have an old fashioned landline? I do your radio show all the time on my internet uh, landline, and well, you've never complained. Rubbish. But she's dusting it, and that's why I want a proper white slimline telephone because then you can dust it and the sort of the little en- anything around the phone as you speak to people. Do you remember
0: we were talking the other day? Um, and we were having a conversation about Hyacinth's phone, and I told you that I've managed to identify the phone was a BT minstrel.
1: Yes, and there are lovely videos on YouTube of people reviewing the BT minstrel. Yes, worth a watch. (laughs) And we we find from the phone, it's it's not any of Hyacinth's sisters ringing, it is this Mrs Fortescue who is a one-episode character. She doesn't come back in any other episode. And Mrs Fortecue's sister married a baronet. So it's quite tenuous. She's virtually aristocracy. Now, I know what you, Jonathan, and all the listeners are thinking. What the heck is a baronet? Yes. Please fill me in. Well, this is my department. Would you like me to tell you? Oh, please do. Well, James I, if you can remember him, he brought it in in 1611. Uh, it's just after four o'clock, as a way of raising funds. So in many ways, it was like cash for honours back in the day. You gave a bit of money and you got a title. Now, it's not aristocracy, because there are five ranks of aristocracy, of which a baronet is not one of them. But it's sort of just below that. It's above you and me as just ordinary folk-ish. But then it's below the aristocratic scale. Um, we don't really give them out anymore. Uh, we haven't given out any, really, since Dennis Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher's husband was the last one to be made a baronet. Really? Yes, in 1990. So he was Sir Dennis Thatcher, but it wasn't that wasn't a knighthood, that was a baronetcy. So there we go. Isn't that
0: fascinating? Could I become a baronet? You could, in theory. I would like a title.
1: Yes, I can think of I'd a few suit- titles for you.
0: I'd suit a
1: title. Not what title t- would not, you like?
0: Not the titles you're thinking of.
1: <laughs> the one I'm thinking of for you is Count. Oh.
0: <laughs> I think that was it. I think I've been called that before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, in this country we don't have Counts, we have Earls. <laughs> if you-
0: so Mrs. Fortescue wants to be taken into town.
1: Hmm, yes. And I th- I think it's a bit um I think it's a bit presumptive of Mrs. Fortescue just to phone up someone that she really sort of vaguely knows, but maybe she's got the measure of hyacinth, in that of course she'll say yes, because Mrs. Fortescue's sister married a baronet. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And, of course, funnily enough, Hyacinth and Richard are going into town. Of course we're going into town, Mrs Fortescue. They weren't, but now they are. Yes,
0: and the Hyacinth has to get Richard ready, which involves brushing his hat.
1: With that, very in front of that very small mirror.
0: Yes, exactly. And there's a little rehearsal for how they're going to pick up Mrs Fortescue.
1: Yes, Richard needs to come across and show Mrs Fortescue that he is a power in local authority circles. I'm not quite sure how you do that. But Hyacinth wants Richard to try. And Richard, of course, is not really going along with it and uh, is is making some sort of facetious comment. And Hyacinth tells him that she hopes that he isn't going to spoil things with lower middle class humour. I don't think that's very amusing, dear. I hope you're not going to spoil things with lower middle class humour.
0: Liz and Emmett are looking out of the window as Hyacinth and Richard leave and spot Hyacinth and
1: Richard leaving through the window. And Hyacinth is pretending to be Mrs Fortescue. And Mrs Fortescue, we are told... Richard sort of it doesn't love the idea of driving Mrs Fortescue because Mrs Forte- Fortescue is supposedly lethal with her walking stick. Yes, exactly. So and
0: Hyacinth has to pretend she's an old lady with a walking with stick.
1: With a garden cane. Yes. And uh, there is, a, again, some more wonderful physical comedy from Patricia But well, She's Outreach. pretending she's an old disabled lady, isn't she, Hyacinth? Yes. And actually, Mrs. Mrs Fortescue... Doesn't walk like that. When we then meet her. No. Mrs. Fortescue's actually quite mobile in the grand scheme of things.
0: What on earth is Hyacinth doing? Elizabeth and Emmett appear at the front door as Hyacinth and Richard are practicing yes. getting Mrs. Fortescue into the car. And of course, when Hyacinth sees Emmett and Liz watching her, she then has to turn it into something musical. So start singing, Ooh, little... Passing by. <laughs> now, <laughs> What's that even from?
1: So I looked that up. It was a song, sort of from the turn of the century, sort of, but it was recorded by Julie Andrews in 1958. Was it? Which is which is interesting. I mean, obviously, I love Julie Andrews, another connection to one of my other favourite things, Mary Poppins.
0: So the phone rings, and it's violent. It's <laughs> 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 it smacks her on the face <laughs> <laughs> The phone rings. So the phone rings, and it's Violet.
1: My sister Violet.:
0: My sister Violet.: my sister Violet. The bouquet residence, the lady of the house speaking.
1: Oh, it's you, Violet. It's Violet. Make my excuses to Elizabeth and Emmett. Tell them it's my wealthiest sister, you know, the one who married the turf accountant. Large house, swimming pool, room for a pony. And uh, we learn, and I don't know, I don't think we really got this in series one, but we start to learn a little bit more about the dynamic between Violet and Bruce, her husband. Yes. And that Bruce, it's another one of his whims and fancies. He wants them to dress up as Robin Hood and Maid Marian. He's a bit kinky. Yes, but he wants to be Maid Marian.
0: Or as he's later referred to in a later series, a weirdo, is he? He's referred yes, to. Do you remember? He's referred to, he's referred to as the weirdo. Yeah.
1: You're Are right. you
0: the? Is she the one who's married to the weirdo? <laughs> Who says that? Um, where they go to the country cottage? Oh yes. Um, remember. She the one who's married to the weirdo, Dorian. The weirdo is. is my, my sister's married to Bruce?
1: Oh, I'd better get that. Might be the Chinese ambassador. We'll be back momentarily. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? We're back discussing series two, episode two of Keeping Up Appearances, and we find Hyacinth and Richard in the Rover 216 and outside Mrs. Fortescue's. Yes. Richard's roving eye, as they are driving to Mrs. Fortescue's, which was filmed in Levington Spa, is looking at a cyclist who's wearing a rather short skirt. And obviously, and I would say understandably, Hyacinth doesn't want her husband looking at another woman
0: but she hilariously adjusts richard's rearview mirror (laughs) meaning he can't see anything behind the car at all
1: which is probably more dangerous i think it's probably against the law yes and they arrive at the beautiful property as hyacinth calls it mrs fortescue's it's a sort of a semi-aristocratic looking it's sort of an aristocratic suburban house
0: they obviously drove around Leamington Spa for ages until they found a house that looked posh enough.
1: I have tried to find that house on, I know the road, uh, on, on uh, Google Street View. It's a very long road. of Actually, quite nice. Every house on that road is pretty nice. But obviously they found the one that looks like it could be inhabited by someone whose sister married a baronet.
0: Don't forget to compliment her on her shrubbery. Hyacinth wants Richard to try his smile. Practice his smile as hyacinth adopts a pose in the garden, inspecting some of the shrubs.
1: Yes, because they have this sort of decision tree. Should, we, should, he, should, should she stay in the car? Should she come to the door with Richard? Or, as she decides upon, she'll give a subtle compliment without going too far mm. and admire the rose garden or whatever flowers there are. Buddley I don't know.
0: My favourite moment of this is, of course, you then have that hilarious moment of Mrs Fortescue coming out of the house, getting into the car, mm. um, and as she looks over at Hyacinth, who's pretending to marvel at the garden, Hyacinth has got herself attached to a bush and is trying to unattach herself.
1: And we see a little bit of petticoat.
0: little bit of petticoat? Yes. Do you know anyone who wears a petticoat?
1: No, I don't think I do. Do you?
0: Yes. I have a grandmother. Oh, of course. Who yeah. still wears a petticoat. Well, I, I think my grandmothers
1: would have worn them, but right. they're dead. Oh, sorry. No, don't worry. But before, before we see any petticoat, we have, as you say, that smile conversation. What is a real smile? Are you good at detecting real or fake smiles? Because you're quite a good... What I like about Jonathan is that you know where you stand with Jonathan. On, <laughs> on you, you, If you don't like something... You're not afraid to tell people. And you can tell by my face. Yes. Are you good at faking a smile or not? Probably not. F- give You'd me be a, a- be- give me a best hello Mrs. Fortescue smile. Oh, no, you're squinting squinting the eyes. <laughs> you look like a mass murderer. Right. No. So, okay, that didn't go very well. So, don't greet Do any Do yours then. <laughs> you see? <laughs> I realise you've been on the sex <laughs> register. <laughs> <laughs> we then meet Mrs. Fortescue. Out she comes, and I love, and I, I don't know whether this was a deliberate thing or this was just what hearing aids looked like at the time. But I love the really old-fashioned hearing aid with the very obvious piece of string. It's, it's a wire. Yeah, well, so <laughs> wire, cable, whatever it is, but it, it's very, it's very old school, which again sort of tells us what sort of woman. Mrs Fortescue is, with her perfectly mobile and competent uh, walking stick. She doesn't need taking from the elbow uh, and escorting the car as, as they have rehearsed. She's actually quite independent in the grand scheme of things. Yes. Played by Jean Anderson. She wants to
0: get in the back because she doesn't like going in the front with drivers she doesn't know.
1: No. Um, she. Uh, however, although she is sort of cautious of other drivers, we find out that she herself is actually quite a fast driver, which is why, indeed, she is being driven, because she's had a driving ban. Yes. Not drink driving. No. Speeding. speeding. And actually, I have been driven by a couple of aristocratic women over over my years, and they do drive quite quickly. Do they? Particularly in the countryside. Well. It's almost like being on a roller coaster. There's one particular incident I'm thinking of. Actually, something's just come back to me. Not actually anything to do with fast driving, but I was in a car once doing a... Work thing in Cheshire. Mm. And I, it was January, thick snow everywhere, and the car was going up a hill, got stuck in the snow, and I was driving a countess. And she actually didn't drive. So she had to get out and push the car up the snowy hill whilst I sat and did the driving.
0: You let a countess push you up a hill?
1: Yes. It was nice to know, as I said afterwards, that she's not too posh to push. Right. Did she appreciate that? I didn't say that to her face. I see. But I do remember in my... One of my very first jobs I was having to be driven in a car that was being pushed up a snowy hill in Cheshire by (laughs) a (laughs) countess. True story. Watch where you're driving, dear.
0: Slow down. They're in the car. Mrs Fortescue's in the back she's trying to get richard to drive faster mm. and i love the i love the moment where hyacinth keeps impersonating her <laughs> so uh, and we we get one of those moments where of course they come up to the bus stop and rose and daisy are waiting randomly yeah. waiting for a bus i
1: like the fact they've gone from a very nice uh route with lovely houses and suddenly they're driving through a council estate they are
0: and hyacinth spots daisy and rose who start waving at the car, and she doesn't want Richard to stop because she's obviously thought I can't possibly have Daisy and Rose in the back of the Rover mm. with Mrs. Fortescue. So she says, "Don't stop."
1: And of course, they do stop. They
0: do. If yeah.
1: you would, if you were in Hyacinth, or if you were in Hyacinth or Richard's position, however, would you have stopped for your family if you drove past them?
0: Well, I, I would no, no I would not do that.
1: Well, you wouldn't stop, or you
0: wouldn't... No, I wouldn't leave my family at a bus stop and pretend <laughs> I don't know them, even if they were very embarrassing. Only Hyacinth would, surely.
1: Yes. But actually, it, it, it sort of... it. As Hyacinth doesn't appreciate this and doesn't know this at the time, it actually goes quite well, because the three ladies get on very, very well. Mrs
0: Fortescue loves them. Loves them. She gets in the back and starts giving Rose some relationship
1: advice. Yes, another man here, new man, Mr. Helliwell. And that's where Daisy and Rose are on their way to see, to confront Mr. Helliwell, Mm. who clearly apparently has gone back to his wife.
0: But they need a stiffener.
1: They do. What? That's what they need, a stiffener. I know. They they need a stiffener, and so does Mrs. Fortescue. Mm, She she thinks, yes, you know, I need one too. And they drive past this pub the Rugby Tavern, still there in New Covington. Really? It has had a bit of a makeover, however. And actually, the place where the van is that we'll come on to, the truck, where that was parked, is now a Sainsbury's local. Is it
0: really? You have to you, have, have you been onto Google Street View?
1: You know I love a Google Street View. Oh, gosh. You have
0: very interesting relatives, Mrs Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>? OK. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they are. Very interesting. So, Hyacinth does not go into public houses?
1: No. You know I don't go into public houses, she says. And I think that was a policy I had until I met you. Really? Yes. I wasn't a very big pub person. Oh, I love a pub. I I wouldn't go in on one of my own accord now. No, I would go. With, well, there's not really one around. I'd go. I'd have to go with people. What are you people. talking about, William? You live in London. There's a pub on every corner. Yeah, but mm. oh, you have got to even go at my pub. local pub where Ho Chi Minh worked as a pot washer, which we <laughs> discovered.
0: <laughs> Why don't you go Back into in a the-
1: pub? Oh, I love a pub. I know you do. But you see, later we'll go to the pub. That's fine because I'm with people. But I wouldn't do what you do, where you just walk in on your own. Not knowing who you're going to meet.
0: But that's the wonderful thing about a pub. You always meet someone. But I think it's different in the country.
1: Is it? In London, I think it's you don't necessarily no, have to same... No, I've made
0: friends in pubs in London. Oh. What are you talking about? Mm. When you've had a few drinks, when you've had a couple of stiffeners, it's the whole point of going to a pub, isn't it? Have a couple of stiffeners, start speaking to anyone. I'll stick to the highest policy. So she waits outside and then there's that lovely moment where... She gets a bit frustrated, so she honks the horn just as a man is walking past with a tray of drinks and the whole lot goes all over the floor. And she gets out of the car because she's getting frustrated that they're taking forever.
1: Yes, and, and actually it and... turns out that Mrs. Vortescue, who's now met Onslow, I think quite likes Onslow. I, I Takes think she, a bit of a shine. She
0: does. Isn't he big? <laughs> <laughs> so... uh Hyacinth wants to see what's going on. It just so happens there's a woman is she cleaning the windows. She's or? cleaning the windows. She's cleaning the windows. So Hyacinth borrows her ladder, gets up Because to the steps. windows
1: are frosted. They're in that sort of frosted glass. So you have to
0: Back in the day that's how pubs were. You yeah. always had frosted glass, so you couldn't be seen on the inside. So people wouldn't walk past and say, Oh look, he's in the pub again. Oh really? Is that why they had frosted yeah, glass? But a bit of privacy. Gosh. Yeah, always had frosted glass. Oh. Yeah. So uh, she climbs up the the ladder to have a look over the frosted glass to see what's going on with Richard and Onslow and Daisy and, mm-hmm. and Rose. And as she's up on the ladder, she suddenly turns around to see Mrs Barker Finch walking yes. down the road, which, of course, is ultimate embarrassment. Because firstly, she's up a ladder. And secondly, she's outside a pub.
1: She double, wouldn't want to be seen. Double embarrassment. No.
0: Absolutely. And
1: interestingly, this character, Mrs. Barker Finch, is called Mrs. Barkerfinch at this point. In later series, she gets given a first name. Sonia. And actually what was really surprising when I was reading um Harold Snowd's book is that Harold Snow gets it wrong and calls her Mrs. Parker Finch. Does he? Which then made me think, Are we hearing it wrong? Is Hyacinth saying Mrs. Parker Finch? No, it's Barker Finch. It's Sonia Barker. Sonia Barker Finch. Yes. So it is Harold Snowd that's wrong. He's got it wrong. Yeah.
0: We have the absolutely brilliant scene that follows. Again, it's one of those hilarious physical comedy moments of keeping up appearances where Hyacinth, in her state of panic, suddenly decides that she's going to have to hide under Hmm. the tarpaulin in a lorry from (laughs) Mrs Barker Finch.
1: Because Because that's a rational thought process to have.
0: And and much better idea than, for example, Mrs. Barkerfinch seeing Hyacinth waiting outside a pub. Mm. So she climbs under this tarpaulin anyway, someone takes the ladder away, the lorry drives off, Hyacinth appears on the lorry. Attached. While the lorry is driving down the road, and of course they get to the zebra crossing. Who's waiting to cross? Mrs Barker Finch.
1: I love that shot when the lorry is, when it's sort of pulled out, it's gone into reverse and it's going into drive. And her legs are out the back. <laughs> and she's there and, you, and it's static and you see, <laughs> as it lurches <laughs> off. It's great. And I think that was high, That was Patricia Routledge for all of those scenes. I was watching it very carefully saying, can you, know, can you see when it's the stunt double? Yeah. And there isn't. it's all one continuous shot at one point where yeah. you think, oh, this is the bit that they'll use the stunt double. No, she was obviously on the
0: back of that lorry, which is hilarious.
1: Which is great. Good on her for doing it.
0: Yeah. So she's seen on the back of the lorry looking hilarious and she looks thoroughly humiliated when Mrs Barkerfinch looks up to see her.
1: Beautiful day.
0: Beautiful day. But then it cuts back to the pub, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and we see Mrs Fortescue playing darts. She's embracing pub life as... Apparently so many do. And Hyacinth then comes in. She's doing that comedy stumble through the door. She needs a whiskey. And uh, we we don't see that whiskey. We don't see Hyacinth in a pub. If the episode wasn't overrunning by this point, it would have been nice to have seen Hyacinth in a pub. Maybe I would have picked up some tips as to how to behave. <laughs> and then they're back in the car. Just, I, do they have Daisy and Onslow at this point? No, I think... Do they have Daisy and Rose? They've, they've left... Days in Rose, Mrs. Fortescue is back in the car, and as they're driving out at the petrol station, they see Bruce, Bruce dressed as Maid Marian, filling the Mercedes up with which, petrol, which is perhaps one humiliation too much for Hyacinth.
0: Yeah. Yet again, it's all gone horribly wrong, and her
1: family have let her down.
0: A moment for her to impress a woman who's married, whose sister's married to a baronet, ends in abject failure. Ugh. Oh
1: it's a shame now before we go we want to make sure that we were all paying attention so let's see how much we spotted what is the first thing that Rose notices about her latest beau that's Mr Heliwell. I think I know this one and I never normally get these I don't at all go on doesn't he have nice trousers isn't it he has nice trousers, which is odd, because I normally notice watch and shoes about someone, not trousers. OK. Any guesses? I,
0: no, nothing springs to mind at all. This isn't a memorable moment. What is the answer? Producer,
1: what's the answer? I was correct. Nice trousers? He's got nice trousers. Well, She's that desperate, she's looking at trousers. Do you think
0: they're action slacks?
1: Probably. Hmm. I mean, anyone would, wouldn't they?
0: If you want to keep
1: up with the bouquets,
0: you can now listen back to William and me chatting through every episode of Series 1 right now. There'll be a new episode of our Series 2 analysis every Wednesday. And don't forget, we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our luxury podcast. So if you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redull, giving them a call, and instructing them to join us, we would be frightfully grateful. Goodbye. Cheerio.
1: Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help I Sexted My Boss, and on Tuesday our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want anything full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help I Sexted My Boss live is showing everywhere, and everyone's welcome. Go to sextedmyboss.com/slash/cinema to get your tickets now. That's sextedmyboss.com/slash/cinema.